thought I'd share something with you this morning. Go ahead. Okay. That's uh, Aaliyah. She will be three years old, December 31st, holding her brand new baby brother, Isaiah. By the way, if you don't know what Isaiah means, it means Yah is salvation. And um, Isaiah was born Wednesday last week. And you see daddy's hands holding him so Aaliyah doesn't make any mistakes. <laughs> but she is like exuberant. Been waiting for this baby for, she's probably known about it about seven or eight months. And um, she's so enthused about it. Those are my great grandchildren. Woo, glory to God. And I'm only, what, 39 or so, 49 or so? What are you laughing at, Bard? <laughs> there goes that preacher telling a whopper again. <laughs> he told me this morning already he had to move up the front during the service so he'd keep an eye on me, so, you know. <laughs> oh, praise God. I just told him somebody needed to, so anyway. Praise God. Life, life more abundantly. I, um, my gosh, great grandpappy, just, um, I rejoice in the Lord, rejoice in the Lord, praise God for new life, my, 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 mm. <laughs> well, yes, I am going to preach today, <laughs> kind of got warmed up a little bit anyway. Worship is awesome, yeah, awesome. That last song, Jeremy Riddle has an anointing to take older songs and bring them back and inject new life in them, and they're just anointed. And uh, you put that with um, ancient gates, and you think of the ancient things that God has done. He's the ancient of days. And you bring all that into the glory of God and, and, and the other songs that we did this morning about bringing glory to God. That's our purpose. We were meant to glorify Him. We were meant to reflect Him. We're reflectors. Amen. We're the light. Yes, because why? The light's shining on us and we reflect His light. And uh, some of us do a really good job. Uh, you know, I could look out here and see some thin hair and think, yeah, we reflect a lot of that light, praise God. <laughs> yeah, you too, Maurice. <laughs> praise God. I'm just glad to be here in church this morning. Thank you for being sensitive to the moves of the Spirit and what He's saying at that time and joining together whether you feel like it or not, because you'll come out of it. Mucho bueno, or muy bueno. Very, very good. Praise God. Amen. Well, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. We're ready for part 22. 
And we're ready for the third and I won't say final, let me just say the last. Doesn't sound quite as, uh, as definite. Uh, message on why don't all Christians speak in tongues. And that was meant to be kind of a draw to people who maybe don't believe in that or don't know about that. And it's turned into more of a, a release of the Word of God by the Spirit of God. So just sharing it out, just letting it come out like it may according to the Word of God, which is quick and powerful, alive and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing divider, dividing asunder between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, the thoughts and intents of the heart. Praise God. That's what it's all about. And the next verse says, we're all naked and open before him with whom we have to do. Had a friend of mine one time that had a vision. He was standing in the middle of the Sahara Desert, totally naked. And God came to him, told him some things. That's the way we are. He sees right through it. <laughs> Praise God. But the word of God will divide the things that need to be divided. And this is important. And soul and spirit have to be divided, discerned, divided, but the word of God will do it. Is that Jesus or is that me? Well, some of those things are pretty easy to discern. <laughs> It's okay to smile. <laughs> okay. Uh, Kelly's got some really good announcements at the end of service, uh, talking about some days coming up and everything and this month and next. So you want to make sure and pay attention to that if you would, please. We're going to do a little recap here uh, for the first two weeks, and then we're going to get into the third week. I'm going to run fairly fast through the recap. Uh, I've cut a lot of the scripture out of it, of course. And uh, just, but I do want to kind of put you back in memory of what we've talked about. Uh, the first week, John seven thirty eight. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up until that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified or resurrected, okay? Acts 1.8, Jesus talking, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, Samaria and to the end of the earth. That means all over the globe. Acts 2.4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They're talking about the 120 people up in the prayer room. They came out on the streets, and they are all speaking in tongues, which those people understood them in their own native language. Acts 7b, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Put yourself in the shoes of those people. And you hear, you see 120 people coming out of this upper stair, up, upper stairs, upstairs building all over the streets and they're all speaking different languages. There may two or three of them may be speaking the same, but basically they were, they covered six, seven, eight, nine languages. And they go, hold it, that's, that's a Galilean and 
He's speaking in my home language. What, what is this? In verse 17, and, and Peter stands up and he preaches and he, he goes right to the book of Joel and he goes, In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. See, on, before then, the only person that prophesied was a prophet. Your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out of my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. That's quite a light show. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I could really go into that some. It, I, I want for time's sake. But I will say this. The great and glorious day of the Lord is the words that Joel uses. It's not anything for a Christian to fear. It's a thing for the Christians to embrace because that's basically an invitation to the wedding feast. Praise God. Okay, and then we uh, go on further to the uh, end of the prayer that, or preaching that Peter's doing. Acts 2.36, therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Next verse, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Preaching the gospel of the cross of Jesus Christ will bring people to the Lord, period. No cross, no gospel. No resurrection, no gospel. My goodness gracious. Peter replied, repent, change your thinking, reconsider, think differently, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promise. Remember, we said the gift and promise are one and the same. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord God will call. Kelly might turn the air off or up a little bit, if you would, please. We've kind of got heat and we got air conditioning and we got it all over the place, so it, at least there's a few seconds that uh, everyone has been able to enjoy. <laughs> 74, 68, somewhere along there, you know. Okay, thank you. Um, and so out of that we came that number one is tongues is a sign for unbelievers. We're talking about four different kinds of tongues. And that was the first week we said tongues, those kinds of tongues, tongues are for a sign to the unbelievers. Week two, first of all, we brought clarification concerning some things that we've all heard or that we may have thought about, about the use of the word gifts in the New Testament, starting with 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we discovered that we probably haven't used the word gifts appropriately or properly. Uh, not a just for clarification, that's what we're talking about here. I'm not trying to cut anybody's teaching down or your last 40 years of Bible study or whatever. But the word gifts, when it starts out, I would not have you ignorant concerning 
spiritual things or spirituals. It, gifts is added in most translations, but it's not in the original. Okay, and if we read further down, we see that gifts are definitely the word gifts. It has several Greek words in different places, but those nine that we enumerated as the um, the the inspirational, the power, and uh, the um, revelation gifts uh, are not really gifts. Only one of them is gifts of healings, according to the Bible. So that's not to say, I'm smarter than you. I don't. No. It's to say, let's get clear on it and see what God is saying. And we find out that Romans 12 gifts are the charis gifts, and they're by the Spirit. That the 1 Corinthians 12, nine items are manifestations of the Spirit, according to what the Father does, because he, he started the whole thing. <laughs> and then... We see that the ministry gifts that Jesus did when he, went, uh, when he went to heaven after the resurrection are found in Ephesians chapter 4, and we call them the fivefold ministry gifts a lot of times. That's a different word, gifts, dore, D-O-R-E-A in the Greek, whereas Romans 12 is charis gifts, C-H-A-R-I-S. And the gifts in, we call them the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 is manifestations. Okay. If you need more on that, get the tape from last week. We don't have tapes. Um, get get on the get on the internet and go there and pick up messages and click on it for last week, and you'll find it there somewhere. Okay. Praise God or YouTube, either one. Okay. Uh, then we read the entire chapter, fourteenth chapter of First Corinthians, and First Corinthians fourteen one says, "Pursue love." That's a good start. Yet desire earnestly spiritual things, but especially that you may prophesy. What did Joel say? Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Yeah, okay. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. And we said, that's the second kind of tongues. It's different than the first. It's in order to speak to God through prayer or worship. And there's, there's, there's another one that's also prayer, but it's a different kind of prayer. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. So we have a tongue that is intended as a sign for the unbelievers. We have a personal tongue that we speak mysteries unto God, and it's Basically, the red phone line, I don't know how many of you understand that, you know, you younger folks, the president of the U.S. always had a red phone carry around, so if we want to blow Russia up, we could blow it up on a phone call. Well, we got a better hotline than that. We've got one right to the throne room. Oh, glory. <laughs> I love it. Verse 3 says, but one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. Edification Exhortation and consolation or comfort. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church. Now, you heard both of those this morning. You heard tongues, interpretation of tongues, and you heard prophecies. Verse 5, now I wish that you all, we pointed out that Paul was a Texan, or an Oki, one of the two, you all speak in tongues. 
But even more that you would prophesy, and greater is the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church may receive edifying. It tells us further on that if somebody speaks in tongues, that's the one that's to be interpreted, then let there be an interpreter there. And Pastor Kelly interpreted the tongue that came forth, and that equals prophecy, edify, comfort, exhortation. Okay? There again, that was all on last week. So we see that tongues plus interpretation is prophecy. Since tongues and interpretation equals prophecy, then it would be accurate to say number three, it's to edify, exhort, and console or comfort the church or to prophesy. That's the third tongue. Okay? And then we went on to see, uh, but now, brethren, if I come to you speaking in tongues, what will it profit you unless I speak to you either by way of revelation or of knowledge or of prophecy or of teaching. Verse 13, 1 Corinthians 14, 13. Therefore, let one who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. And that's where a lot of people come in and say that, you know, tongues is a bunch of gibberish. Well, you're not supposed to understand my tongue. Okay. But to give you understanding, we have an interpretation if it's meant to the church. If it's meant for me in my private uh, prayer closet, including the one on four wheels going down the road, ain't none of your business, okay? So we shouldn't talk about things that we don't know something about. And I'll, I could call out names that are on video on YouTube all the time, but I don't really do that. I love them all, you know. Supposed to love the ignorant too, right? By the way, ignorant means that they don't have knowledge of it. It doesn't mean they're stupid. Although, no, never mind. <laughs> uh, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit plays, but my mind is unfruitful. What is the outcome then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the mind also. And I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the mind also. When he says I will, that means it's an act of his will which is your soul. Your soul yields to the Spirit. Okay? Gosh, it got quiet in this Methodist church. That's exactly what it means. And we also see in verse 16, otherwise if you bless in the Spirit only, how will the one who fills the place of the ungifted say the amen at your giving of thanks? Since he does not know what you're saying. For you are giving thanks well enough, but the other person's not edified. Do you know when you pray for somebody that it's not only your agreement for something that God would do in their life, but it's also strengthening them, realizing somebody cares, realizing I just heard maybe the word of God or a word from God, or, you know, I've got somebody standing with me in this. So it's important that we pray orally with other people. Is that right, Pastor Kelly? You, you agree with that, prayer pastor? Okay, thank you. I'm glad you do. Verse 18, it's okay to have some fun in church. I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. Why did Paul say that? He said it because he wanted you to speak in tongues more than what you're doing. 
He said, I speak more than you guys do. You ain't caught me yet. Hmm. Do you let a day go by that you don't speak in tongues, pray in tongues? Oh, it's quiet. Maybe you ought to run around the building and shout in tongues for 10 minutes. Or... <laughs> I shouldn't say that to him. Verse 19, moving right along. However, in the church, I desire to speak five words with my mind that I may instruct or teach others also rather than 10,000 words in a tongue. So he's also teaching law. Uh, I started to say law and order. Uh, I used to watch that some years ago. Decently and in order. Okay. That's what he's talking about there. You get in a church meeting and 12 people are praying in tongues out loud as loud as they can. It can kind of get a little weird. You may have heard something like, well, you can't speak in tongues in church unless you have an interpreter. So is that true? Don't answer it. Be careful. Which, which tongue are we talking about? Okay. That's the reason we're bringing out the fact that there's at least four in the Bible. Okay. So if I hear Kelly, when he's serious, you know, speaking in tongues, he may just be praying to God during a worship service. There's nothing wrong with that. He's not standing up and giving a vocal thing for everybody in the church. If he did, that would have to be interpreted. But you will speak in tongues. You will sing in the Spirit. Man, I sound good in the shower. Yeah. How many of you got that, my kind of anointing, singing in the shower? Oh, Carol, you got anointing everywhere. Songbird. Hallelujah. There are, remember, the Bible says there are different kinds of tongues or diversities of tongues. And somebody say, well, that may mean different languages. It could, but it really means, I believe, that there's different kinds of tongues, just like we're showing that the Bible talks about that, speaks about that. Now, let us look at some biblical statements. This is where we're now into week three, so shift gears we're you know when you shift from first to second to third most people well Mitch knows what I'm talking about Chris is laughing at me because I'm, I'm shifting gears up here on the column absolutely three on the tree I remember <laughs> well we used to say four on the floor until the fifth gear came out like it has now or has several years ago. I remember the first, I had a 1971 Pinto, bought it brand new. Four on the floor. Yeah. A little bit later on in life, I got a, I bet most of you don't even know what a Mercur is. It's a Brazilian car that's imported by Ford and sold by Mercury dealers. And it was a little sporty car with a four-cylinder turbocharger. It had a four-speed on the floor. I loved that car for about the first four months. I got so tired of shifting gears. <laughs> anyway, Jude, verse 17. I thought about saying, everybody turn to third Jude, uh, Jude chapter 3 and uh, watch everybody go. 
It's only one chapter. Okay. Jude 17. But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jude, well, this is the brother of Jesus, the physical brother of Jesus. And he was pastor of the church in Jerusalem. Okay? And he is also one that apologists use to prove that Jesus was and did what he said he would do because Jude really didn't think Jesus was anything. And you can read that in Scripture. His family was like, eh. But he became a believer after the resurrection. He came from, boom. So that is when a skeptic does anything in his life that's so drastic and is willing to lose his life for that, you might ought to pay him a little attention. Okay. Um, verse 18, that they were saying to you, in the last time there will be mockers, and this is more recent today than it's ever been, following after their own ungodly lust. These are the ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded. NAS has a footnote, merely natural. Okay? So in other words, it also includes people who are just living their lives. They're not bank robbers and sorcerers and all that kind of stuff. They're just living their lives, but they're living according to the world rather than according to the Word of God. Devoid of the Spirit, okay? And Spirit there is capitalized, meaning the Holy Spirit. I'm going to just want you to remember that because we're going to do something else in a minute here. Verse 20, but you, beloved, building, up, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. How do you do that? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Yes. You, when you pray in the Holy Spirit, which we know is praying in tongues, and we read that last week, the week before, then you're building up your faith. Remember 1 Corinthians 14 says that you edify yourself. That means you're charging your battery. You know, if you, anybody have an electric vehicle in here? Okay. I've got a hybrid, but you don't have to plug it in. It does its own energizing. But if you have an EV, you got to plug it in. EV is electrical vehicle, okay? Okay. You got to plug it in because the battery runs down. Well, we as people, we leak. Be filled with the Spirit, and we drip, 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 drip through the week. But if we're continually praying in the Spirit, then we're continually edifying, strengthening, building ourselves up. That's the reason it's so important that we pray in tongues in the prayer closet. Verse 21, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. You mean there's a real hell? Yeah, he certainly is. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. There's enough of that today to go around. Things that people are doing. The demonstrations that people are making to believe in their sexual freedoms are sickening. Sickening. But yet... 
We should have compassion on them. We should be moved to pray for them. We should be moved to speak to them in the right season. We should be moved to realize, oh my gosh. Some of you know who Aaron Carter is. He, he just passed away, 34-year-old rapper. Real cute kid when he was doing kid movies years ago. And as you saw him grow up, you saw his whole countenance change. And he's, he's getting tattoos here, there, you know, side of his face, neck, excuse me, all those kind of things. And you can look at him in any of his pictures in the last number of years and see desolation. It doesn't look good about his eternal position. Hopefully he made a 12-hour decision. But that's sad. That's representative of all the stuff this is talking about. And how do we stay strong but praying in the Spirit? That's how we avoid a lot of these things or stay strong in the midst of them. We can walk through the fires of this world without the smell of smoke on us. Whatever's necessary, God will take you through, around, or pull you out of it. Whatever it takes, He is always faithful. He's never let me down yet. First song. Praise God. I'm also going to read the same scripture reference in the Weist translation. The Weist is called, it's not a paraphrase, it's an expanded translation. Expand, you know, kind of like the Amplified is. So you may not be familiar with Weist, but I, I, I do like it. Just the New Testament only. He was a Greek scholar. And it points out some things. And it also has something here that's a little different, and you can make the decision on that. But here's what he says, Jude 17. But as for you, divinely loved ones. See, you emphasize that you're loved. You're loved by the divine. Remember the words which were spoken to you previously by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They were saying to you, in the last time there shall come mockers, ordering their course of conduct in accordance with their own passionate cravings which are destitute of reverential awe towards God. These are those individuals who will cause divisions, egocentric, that means self-centered, not holding the spirit, and he uses small letter spirit. And then he puts in here, in parentheses, the human spirit that is being egocentric. They ignore their human spirit, which has to do with the spiritual, religious part of a person's life. In other words, they don't have any, want anything to do with the born-again spirit. What they want to do is they want to live and do what they want to do, regardless of what it is. I look at some of the young people, and, and older ones too, that have transitioned. If you, you can't really transition. They've gone through the sexual changes, which doesn't change your body. Might a few places physically, but it doesn't change your body. You still have XY or X, uh, XX, XX, YY, which is, I guess, XX, okay, or XY, okay. You still have it every cell of your body. DNA's written all the way through you. 
I look at those people and sometimes just break down. Thinking of older people who have done it and are so regretful. Seeing young children being forced by a parent to be the opposite sex from what they are. And I don't mean forced. There's, there's, there's plenty of stuff out on that. Are parents that aren't parenting and let their child just do whatever. You can't have a tattoo to your 18, but you can take your genitals and switch them around. Now, you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to have an IQ too high to realize that's junk. But these people are hurting. They've got holes and vacuums and dark places in their hearts and minds. And the, a lot of these children are just trying to figure out who they are, what they're doing here. That's all, you know. You know, they'd like to be, you know, girl one day, boy next day, and an elephant the next day, you know. They just won't, you know, their minds aren't there yet to make a decision like that. So, you know, we, we've got to at least safeguard our children and, and get that taken care of. But some people want that so badly, and then they find out. Like I know one boy that wanted to transition to a girl had three surgeries for the same thing. They botched them. Went from being thin to really huge by the time they were 16. We ought to feel for these people. We ought to have compassion for them. Jesus was moved with compassion to do things. And we as the church of Jesus Christ need to be moved with compassion to reach out, to cast out devils, to pray for people who need healing, to love them, to bring them into the kingdom, to, to share with them, not put them down, not condescend to them, but tell them the truth in love. It's hard to turn down the truth in love. You can be forgiven. And there are people that have transsexually and become a Christian, and there are several of them with testimonies on YouTube. And they're interesting. And that is my brother or sister in the Lord. They've repented. They've made a change in the spirit realm. And they need to be accepted. And they still may have a lot of characteristics of the other sex because they've practiced that so long. But that doesn't make them any smaller in the eyes of God. This is an urgent time. It's unbelievable. There was a parent in Canada that was arrested because he used the wrong pronoun for his own child. That's pretty close to the U.S., Canada. That's hard to imagine that he said she rather than he or he rather than she, but what he was saying was actually the truth. That's, that's sad. We've got to pray. We've got to change. We've got to be the light. We've got to be the salt. We've got to get serious about it. 
hell's gates are open. The word of God says they will not prevail. They will not prevail for those who won't let it prevail. Because some people are walking boldly through them. And we need to step in front of them and say, let me share something with you. God loves you and he cares about you and he's got a plan for your life that'll be better than anything you can ever think of. Let me tell you what he did 2,000 years ago. So what if they spit in your face? So what? What if they call you names? So what? Look what they did to Jesus. They killed him. The most perfect, loving, caring person that ever walked the face of this earth was killed because he did what he believed and what he heard the Father saying. <laughs> this stuff doesn't make sense. The devil is a worthy adversary, and we give him no place. The Bible says that we submit to God, resist the devil, submit to God, and he will flee. That means run as in terror. He has no choice because the word of God spoken in faith conquers him every time in every situation. Verse 20 in the West, but it's for you, divinely loved ones, building up yourselves up constantly in the sphere and by means of your most holy faith and constantly praying in the sphere of and by means of the Holy Spirit with watchful care, keep yourselves within the sphere of God's love, expectantly looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ resulting in life eternal. Man, that's good stuff. Now, we'll, uh, we're going to go over to Ephesians 5 and we'll finish over there. Ephesians, well, I guess we won't. We have one other scripture section after that. Let's go to Ephesians 5. Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, dearly loved children. Don't just pass over that. You're a dearly loved child of God. Sheesh. And walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragment offering Try fragrant, Dan, okay. Fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. He paid the price. He exchanged himself for the payment of our sins. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for the Lord's people. Nor should there be obscenity, Foolish talk, coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Did God say? Psst, did God say? For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, 
Do not be partners with them. You should have no fellowship with darkness. Well, I'm just trying to lead them to the Lord, so I thought I'd have a couple of drinks with them here and maybe smoke a little grass and tell a couple of jokes to get their attention. And No, you've fallen into the trap. They're getting you, and you're not getting them. It's your witness that shows who you are. What comes out of your mouth shows you who you are. Verse 8, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord, because whatever pleases the Lord is going to be better for you. That's all there is to it. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Verse 15, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity, every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Pastor Kelly said this recently. That's a continual in the sense to be filled and 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 ongoingly filled and filled and filled and filled and filled. Get it yet? Okay. You sure? Be filled with the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves. I'm sorry. Let me go back to verse 19. I'm sorry, I get too excited here. Verse 18 says, do not be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. That is a way that you get Spirit-filled, especially refilled, okay? So be constantly being filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. You're not singing to each other. We're singing to the Lord. And when we sing to the Lord, we are singing with with each other. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that I'm born again. I'm spirit-filled that I can share the Word of God with those that I love, and I hear the Word of God from those that I love. Thank you that I have a Bible. Thank you that I read my Bible. Thank you that I have many other things to help me walk this walk. Verse 26, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. Dadgummit, Dan. Come on, boy. Let's go back. Okay, back up to Romans. Romans chapter 8. I've kind of let the cat out of the bag two different times there. Man, I'm 
enthused. Hallelujah. Now, we're starting with Romans 8.22. One day, I'm going to actually go through the book of Romans with you. Romans, and chapter 8 will be a high point of it. Because there's so much in Romans chapter 8. I'm not doing justice to the first 21 verses because we don't have time. Well, we do have time. We just don't want to make time, okay? <laughs> Romans 8.22. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. That's part of the curse, childbirth pains. And not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves. The first fruits of the Spirit is to be born again. We groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body, part three of salvation. Spirit, soul, body. For in hope we have been saved. But hope that is not seen is not hope for who hopes for what he already sees. Uh-huh. But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. So we know we're born again. But hope, remember hope is futuristic. Faith is now. Hope is futuristic. We're looking forward, groaning for the second coming, for the millennial reign, for heaven to glorify the Lamb of God 24-7. And there won't be 24-7. <laughs> Just around the clock. But there won't be any clocks. Glory to God. Don't have to set it up and back for daylight savings time. Verse 26 in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but, but, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. There is a groaning within us, and some of you have experienced that. Probably not a lot of you, but some of you have. And I put it in here because it's not necessarily tongues, but it's associated with tongues because a lot of times you can be praying in tongues and you'll go into groanings in tongues. And it's giving birth to whatever God has placed in your spirit, man. It could come across like that. I remember a guy in a prayer group, we're in a circle, and he falls on the floor, and this noise comes out. And I thought, my gosh, we got a demon. No, we don't either. That's the Holy Spirit. He was groaning in the spirit. And I had experienced it myself, but I just didn't for a second or two, you know. But I understand it. Groanings. Too deep to be uttered. They won't even make words. They just make a groaning. It's like a mother birthing her child. Creation groans 
for the coming of the Lord. Creation groans for us to be with heaven. Creating heaven's coming to earth. You know that, right? Heaven's coming to earth. We're going to live on the earth in heaven. <laughs> Teach on that sometime too. And God wants us to have the full understanding of this. So number four is that we have intercession by the Holy Spirit in us. Intercession by the Holy Spirit in us. That's your fourth one. God has given us the ability to pray for things that we don't know. I remember hearing Reinhard Bonnke in person saying about the time that he was a young evangelist in Africa. He always, he didn't go across the world. He just went to Africa. But he went to Africa better than anybody ever thought about it. Above and beyond what you can think or ask. And there was a time that he got some kind of a sickness on him and it looked like he was going to die. And he's like in his 20s, okay? And he, I don't remember all the story, but, you know, he went into, he's laying down and hoping, you know, he's going to live. And he wakes up and he's fine. He's in Germany, which is his home country. What's his home country? His home country is actually in heaven. He's manifested that. <laughs> he goes back to Germany, and he's talking to people after a message he gave, and a lady comes to him and said, you know, I've been interceding for you, and sometimes like 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Now, that's what you call committed to intercession. Wake up whenever the Lord tells you to wake up. Get out of bed and start praying. Not six hours later, that person may be dead by now. And they put the calendars together, and one of those times was when he almost died. This woman was groaning in the spirit, praying the perfect will of God for this evangelist that would be the person that God used to save more people than anybody else by far. He had meetings where hundreds of thousands of people would come to the Lord. And I remember reading about D.L. Moody. They said he probably led 100,000 people to the Lord in the 19th century, and that was a record. <laughs> and he, Reinhard Bunke did several times that in one meeting. What will happen next week? Maybe the state of California will get saved. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's hope. The whole state of California saved in one day. There is a scripture in the Old Testament that says it only takes one day. Man, praise God. Glory to God. That ought to make somebody happy in this Methodist church. <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I think I've got, I can still walk. Um, this is a different kind of prayer than number two is, okay? That's just praying in tongues. This is a groaning. Now that we've covered the topic and you know everything there is to know about the question remains, what am I doing with him? Along with that, the question is, who is him? Holy Spirit. He's not an it. 
He's a him. Are you spirit-filled? Are you born again, number one? Number two, are you spirit-filled? And last of all, why doesn't every Christian speak in tongues? I heard some religious cows fall over just then. Oh, they got broken, crushed. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, I just don't know about that. Well, just go over these tapes. Go over these messages again and again and again because they're full of Scripture. We didn't take a verse here and a verse there and a verse here and then add a bunch of stuff to it. We went through the Bible in these areas. We read a lot of Scripture in context. I know, as many of you do, that when you become spirit-filled, your life changes. Now, when I was saved, and most of you know my testimony, because I was not a sweet, lovable person then like I am now. Don't you laugh at me. <laughs> I was something else. And when I got saved, I got saved. But I was just a baby Christian. And I still had one issue. I'm, I know I had more, but I mean one major issue. And that was alcohol. And a few months later, I went to a meeting and was delivered of alcohol. No more desire. Two weeks later, after going to church, oh, that's a novel idea that Christians go to church. See, I wasn't going for the first few months because I just thought they were a country club like I came from. Oh, look at Mrs. Jones's new hat and Mr. Jones's new cowboy boots and so-and-so's new car and Two weeks later, I had heard about tongues, uh, and I really didn't know much, even scripturally, but I knew about tongues, and I saw the fruit of the people that spoke in tongues, prayed in tongues, and I wanted that because I wanted everything that Jesus had for me. I didn't want to leave anything behind. I got spirit-filled. In my own house, on my knees, leaning on a, uh, one of the big chairs, cushion seats with everything, you know, watching TV and all that stuff. I just got there one night, Tracy and the boys were in bed sleep. And I said, Lord, would you give me them tongues? And I prayed in English for about 15 or 20 minutes, and all of a sudden, we shifted gears. And I went into this heavenly language. Woo, it's good. Next night, I started the same thing again. It took me about half the time. A few minutes later, I'm in tongues. Next, week, next time, half that time. And I learned that I, this is so good, I think I'm just going to do this every day. And I started, the things changed from just being saved to being spirit-filled. The fruit of the Spirit increased greatly. And I'm not talking about necessarily over time, although it con continued to increase, but it, there was a big boom. 
You know, it's like you plug in an EV and you stick it in this one electric charger and it's charged in 30 seconds rather than 15 hours. You know, I don't, they haven't made that yet because it'd blow up. But anyway, that's when you just get an instant charge. Okay. And the fruit of the spirit, I was giving a ministry online, a certain amount of money every month. And I thought, you know, I need to be doing more. Then I got in the Bible and I read about tithing. I said, I need to do a lot more. And I did. I said, Lord, I'm going to make up for last time. He says, you don't have to make up for last time. It's under the blood. But you do need to get on board now if you want me to open the windows of heaven for you. Mm. So I did. He did. And I still had fun because I was in business and I wanted to do more. So I did more than tithe. And enjoyed it. And I the prejudices I had, I had prejudice pretty bad against people from the Middle East. Gone. Wow. The desires of my heart were given to me by God. He changed and took out all those bleh and put in all the great stuff. And all I did was say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the life-changing transformation that you did for me, that I can give glory to you. Because he gets the credit for this, I don't. Okay? The same things or similar things can be done in your life. And if you're spirit-filled, make sure you're praying in the spirit. That's charging your battery. And if you're not, Ask the Lord and just open your mouth and let the Spirit rise up out of your belly full rivers of living water. This is speaking about the Spirit which had not yet been given. Not here, but here. I can pray in tongues and do other stuff. I can't pray effectively in English and do anything else. But I can pray in the Spirit and do other stuff. Because it's my spirit man, not my mind, that's doing the praying. Oh, praise God. Bow with me if you would. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for your word, which reveals to us the things that we should know about you. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you expand upon that to show us the things that we really need in life. You have a highlighter, so to speak, and you have an underliner, so to speak, and you have bigger fonts, so to speak, that when we read the Word, we get more from it. Then we get in the prayer closet, and you reveal to us the secrets of God. You reveal to us the will of God. You reveal to us the things of God that we need to glorify you and to help in the work that you have for us here on earth. Thank you, Lord, that we bend towards you. Everyone that hears this voice today picks up the understanding to be bent by the Lord. And they say, bend me, Lord. If you believe that, just say that. Bend me, Lord. Bend me, Lord. I want to be bent for you. I want to be bent towards you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen, amen. amen.
Evan Roberts and the Welsh Revival, that's one of the messages. That was the main thing he actually said in his meetings. Lord, bend me. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Ah, hearing the word. Hallelujah. And letting the word go onto fertile soil. That's what we're praying right now, that it has been put into fertile soil. Amen. Hallelujah. Is your ground, is uh, the person, you, are you fertile ground? Well, that was about 40% of you. Okay, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you, full, are you fertile soil? Okay, answer him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke 6, 38 says, give and it will be given to you. Everyone say, give. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Sounds a little bit like the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. will be put into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. You want a little Holy Ghost? Or you want a big Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. You want to receive a lot? Give a lot. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a giver. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to bring attention to that drop box there at the back of the auditorium. And then, of course, the slides on the screen regarding, you know, how we give, whether it be by text, online, or I give by the, the envelope there in the back. Amen. Uh, announcements. This Wednesday is the life of the Spirit continuing. I'll be ministering this Wednesday, so ask a friend to come because I'm just so anointed. Amen. Amen. 6.45 for snacks and fellowship. Class starts at 7. And then this uh, Thanksgiving, we want to make sure everyone in, uh, uh, in reach can celebrate with a meal with their family, okay? So if you or someone you know is concerned about being able to uh, have a Thanksgiving meal because of any reason, just let us know. Put it on a Connect card and dropping it in the uh, drop box there at the back, okay? Please fill out all the info that you can, especially if you're filling out for someone that's not in our church family, okay? And then listen to these uh, upcoming things also. November 23rd. Okay, that's the Wednesday before uh, Thanksgiving. We're not going to have a Wednesday night service. Okay, Look at your neighbor and say, no Wednesday night service. The day before Thanksgiving. Then uh, another one is December 23rd, we're going to have a candlelight service. Okay, So that's a Friday night. Friday night candlelight service. And then there will be no service on Christmas because this year Christmas is on Sunday. Okay, so spend that time with your family. Okay, and so uh, a stand. What's that? Hallelujah. Stand, everybody. Yeah, okay, unless you just can't. So, hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the word today. We thank you that it's gone forth with clarity and power and anointing and purpose. We thank you that it has gone onto fertile soil and that, Father, it's growing and it's going to produce great fruit, Father. Hallelujah. I just thank you. I release your people, hallelujah, to flow hallelujah, and to live abundantly in the, with the power of the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we're carriers of your presence. And uh, this word, we go and we, we release it, Father, to those who are around us throughout this week. And we bless you and thank you for the results of it in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Be blessed, be released in Jesus' name. Amen.